everybody is born with a little something extra, and sometimes they just have to find it. A little something extra is that superpower that every single one of us has inside that motivates us and drives our passion and, and makes us do the things that we do. We're all on the same team. Let's think about how we can make that team as inclusive as we can. For those of you listening to our podcast right now, you can also check out our video podcast at a little something extra podcast.org. All right, everybody, welcome back. Here we go, 2023. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Right, Gene? Right. And what are we doing here? Podcast. What podcast? A little bit extra with Whoop. Nessie Gianni and the DJ. Whoop. What about this guy sitting here? And the Bronco too. <laughs> of course. And, and Bronco Gianni in the house. And today is exciting. Like, I have been waiting to talk with this guy for a long time. I've talked to you about him. I just love that everybody pulls the tarp mentality, and I know he's going to talk about that. But ever since the first time we met, and we met through a podcast during COVID, Mm -hmm. um, that he does. And it was amazing. I think about him all the time. And I love, I get these emails just that he sends out that are so full of inspiration. It's such a feel good. The guy is like totally my brother from another mother. He's all about empowerment. He's all about just making this world a better place and helping people shine where they are. So I'm really excited to meet him. This guy is amazing. He, he celebrates those who go above and beyond to make their impact on the world. Andrew Moses is the Vice President of Business Development and Marketing at Morgan Franklin Consulting, a national management advisory firm that helps organizations of all sizes solve complex finance, technology, and business challenges. Oh, I didn't know that that was also that, like, I just know you from your podcast. That's very cool. Though his impacts go well beyond his career in consulting, Andrew is a super connector and thought leader, sharing the stories and success tips from people in sports, business, and everyday life, leading by example. Sorry. (laughs) What, Gigi? Sorry. Tips? You can hear many of these stories on his podcast, Everybody Pulls the Tarp, found on all your podcast platforms. So welcome, my brother from another mother, Andrew. It is so great to be here. I have been waiting for this day for a long time. Right? I mean, you and I connected at the beginning. I mean, I think we were just, it was early 2020 in the pandemic. You and I sitting here going, what in the world is happening? And then all of a sudden, like, we just hit it off. We were talking. We were bouncing back and forth. It was amazing. It was one of the, he's just one of these people that you're going to connect with and you're going to feel his energy. So tell Ellie, tell the, the story about everybody pulls a tarp. Cause that was like, that was the one thing that I remembered the most from you. And that's a story I tell all the time. Well, I, I appreciate it. But, but first Nancy, I, I just have to, I have to go back to our conversation and, and just say, I think about the converse, the first conversation that you and I had so, so, so long ago now, and it was in the thick of COVID. You were in the middle of completely evolving uh, the 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 entire the entire platform um, of Gigi's Playhouse and everything that you're doing. I've gotten to interact with the Gigi, who I'm looking at right now, also, and Franco. And I mean, this is if this isn't a dream team, I don't know. I don't know what is. Uh, so it's 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 so great to be here and 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 see you all. You asked about the everybody pulls a tarp story. So nearly nearly 20 years ago. I, I got my first internship. Now I was, you know, I was in college and I, I had this, this interest in working in sports, in the business of sports. And I sent a bunch of applications to 
minor league baseball teams. And I got an internship with the AA affiliate of the New York Yankees at the time, a team called the Trenton Thunder in Trenton, New Jersey. And I, on my first day, I put on my khakis and my polo shirt, and I go into the office ready to learn the business of sports. And within about an hour, they put us all into a conference room, and the CEO, general manager, welcomes everybody and says, here's what we need you all to do. Everybody needs to bring a pair of old clothes and put them in the locker room. And now we're starting to kind of like scratch our heads and we're like, what, what is this all about? And we say, why? And he says, well, you, you all are going to help the grounds crew pull the tarp on and off the field when it rains. So now the plot is really thickening. And now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really confused. And, and, you know, myself and some of the other interns are again, what do you mean? Yeah. And he's, we said, isn't that what a grounds crew's for? And he says, well, here's the first thing we're going to teach you about minor league baseball. We've got the same grass, the same dirt, the same size field as our counterparts in, in the major leagues. The only one of the difference, one of the big differences is that our grounds crew is much smaller, whereas maybe a major league grounds crew might be 20, 25 people and with a, a, a much larger budget. A minor league grounds crew might be five, six, seven people, much smaller budget, much more limited in terms of personnel. So everybody in this organization, from the CEO to the CFO to the CMO to all of you new interns, is going to help pull the tarp on and off the field because I don't I know I know the Gigi has sung the national anthem at Wrigley Field so you guys know baseball mm -hmm. but when you watch a grounds crew whether it's on TV or at a ballpark pull a pull a tarp on and off the field it, it generally looks pretty straightforward but it is it is really hard it's heavy it requires a lot of coordination a lot of grit a lot of determination you know people working together and and then you bring in all the elements right you bring in the pressure of in many cases, fans are watching, players, umpires are watching, and you've got to do it really, really fast. Sometimes it's windy. Sometimes it's rainy. Who knows? Sometimes you're doing it multiple times in a game or in the course of a day as the weather. So it's just this massive task that people underappreciate that requires a lot of time and energy and, and, and coordination and communication. And what, so, so I, I pulled the tarp with the grounds crew you know, that, that summer, maybe 15, 16, 17 times. I, I did all kinds of other things as well. I dressed as the mascot. I parked cars. I, I inflated moon bounces. And I didn't realize at the time I was having one of the best career experiences that even to this day I've ever had. Because what I was learning was that this philosophy that I have built, that, that, that everybody pulls the tarp, that the best teams, the best organizations, the best communities are powered by individuals who go above and beyond what's expected of them and what, what their quote unquote job description says. I have found throughout my career, whether it's been in the consulting, you know, in, in consulting or in other community ventures and projects that, that I've been involved in, the people that I enjoy hiring, the people that I enjoy working with are these people that I call the tarp pullers. They are people that never say the phrase, that's my, that's, that's, that's not my job. They never say that's not my job. And they're willing to do whatever it takes to help the greater good. And I think, you know, Nancy and, and Gigi and Franco, that is one of the reasons why we've, we've all connected and, and, and vibed, like, like, you, like you said, Nancy, like, like brothers from another mother. That's right. because, because we are, that's, that's how you all live your life professionally and personally. You, you all are tarp pullers, and, and that's the everybody pulls the tarp story. And now, over the last few years, I've, I've gone on this, this really fun journey where every week I interview an Olympian, a pro athlete, 
a CEO, an entrepreneur, a Grammy winner, TV stars, high performers from all walks of life who live that philosophy of leading by example, of pulling the tarp. And we talk about their success secrets, how they navigate change, how they overcome adversity. And we try and really spotlight these, these moments where people pull the tarp and, and it plays a role in their success and, and the success of those, those around them. So it's something I'm super passionate about. And, and you all are tarp pullers, no question. Oh my gosh, I love it. And if you're watching us on YouTube, we, it's a podcast, but it's a video podcast. I love your hat. He's a tarp puller. He's a tarp puller. <laughs> love it. That was the first thing I saw right when we started the call with you. I was just like, oh, all right, I like the branding. Yes, and I think <clears> that, that when we connected, that was something we could, like Gigi's, we wouldn't be at 57 locations if we weren't all in, each one of us. Oh, totally. You know, I was talking to one of the first locations we did where I was in there cleaning the toilets. I was painting the mural. I would do that today if that's what it takes. You know, whatever it takes to get it done, we get it done. So I know when, when you called, and, and I remember sitting alone, and it was the first podcast I had done um, during COVID and just during that isolation, because I, I was here at the playoffs, but it was still, you know, feeling isolated, almost afraid, to, you know, like just the world was in a crazy place. Yeah. And I remember talking to Andrew, and I remember after I finished with him, you made me feel so good because I felt, I felt like, oh my gosh, we are making it through this. You know, once I said, you know, and I was like, we had to cancel 4,400 hours a week of free programs, shut down 60 playhouses, like telling you everything we had to do, but then telling you our story of how we built back up helped me and made me see that, you know what, I do have that inside me. As much as I felt like I was failing and drowning, because that's what it felt like, when I told you, it made me, you made me feel like I was winning, and I realized we were winning. We were winning the battle against COVID and isolation and everything else that was going on. There was no question that you, were, that you all were winning, Nancy. And, and like I said at the top of our conversation, I remember that first conversation really well. And, and well, I think a couple things come to mind as I think about it. I mean, when you think about what, what you and your team were doing at that time, I mean, you had your sleeves rolled up. And you were replatforming everything from in person to online, like thousands and thousands of hours of content and programming going from you know like one modality to another. You, you, I remember you telling me stories about IT people, about people who didn't work in IT jumping into IT trying to figure out system stuff and security stuff. All these things that I think when you get on the other side of something, you actually say, "Well, that wasn't that bad." But when you when, when you really unpack it. It is hard. It's hard. And it's a lot. <laughs> I think there was so much of that going on. And people just, whether it, whether you're putting on events, you're opening up a new playhouse, um, you're putting together a presentation. I just fundamentally believe that almost, that most people underestimate what goes into doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they we, under, we underestimate themselves to, sometimes too, in that they can you know that that when you're put in those situations you can prevail you know i think that that sometimes people you know people always say to me like i could never do what you're doing yeah you could anybody can if you dig deep you know what i mean yeah i mean there are two things that we all there, there's two things that everybody can control our attitude and our effort mm-hmm. right and 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 you're off the charts on attitude and effort and I'm, I'm sure so many of the people that power Gigi's playhouse and uh, you know, at the national level and at individual playhouses are off the charts on attitude and effort it's it's the two things that we all can control we all control our attitude and our effort you know i always say we wake up we wake up every morning with a different amount of gas in our gas tank 
Mm-hmm. And the goal should be every day to feel like you you gave all the gas you had in the tank that day. And that and that and again, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be perfect. You, you, you're you're rarely going to wake up with a full tank of gas um, every single day. It's about doing what you can with what you have every every single day. I recently interviewed a a former MLB uh, pitcher. Um, he, he spent a lot of his time in the NL Central, but but not with the Cubs. But he 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 told me something that has stuck with him his whole career. That uh, I think a coach, a pitching coach, told him. He said, one out of ten times you're going to have like amazing stuff. Like your fastball is going to be moving, your curveball is going to be curving, and like one out of ten times you are going to be gassed. Like like there's just nothing there. And you're going to get beat up and they're going to hit it all over the park. Your career is going to be defined by what you do on the other eight out of 10 times, because you're not going to have your best and you're not going to have your worst. It's, it's how do you make the most of kind of those average days and opportunities? And I, and I think that's when you're leading a business, a nonprofit, you're a a TV star or a professional athlete. That's, that's an important, important message. Yeah. And I think, and I think what you said too, like those two things that, you are in control of that attitude piece. That's really what sets that standard for how that performance is then going to go that day. Because I think like something that I've definitely had to work with just over the course of my early career, just trying to figure this out day by day, is waking up and having that attitude that you're going to be able to then be able to excel through that day and be able to put 100% of that effort into it. Because if you wake up with just like the wrong attitude that morning, you might not necessarily have that day that you would ideally be looking for when it's going to become like maximum productivity, the most effect that you could be able to bring to the workplace or to whatever you're doing. If you go in and even if you just shift that mindset Mm -hmm. that day, that morning, right when you don't have that positive, perfect attitude in order to actually really achieve the day. 100%. I think that's really the most important thing is just shifting that framework of your mind Yep. I in order to then dive into it. Then you can actually be able to, you know, give 100% of your stuff and be able to just knock it out of the park. Right. Well, and I've said before, and I, I don't, we probably talked about this too, is that I start and end every single day with gratitude. I mm-hmm. say, I start my day and say thank you to God. Like as soon as I wake up, even even if it's one of those days where you don't want to be getting up, like as soon as you say thank you to God, you automatically can't help but smile when you say thank you. And then that's how you're starting your day. And that's also how I end my day because I need to turn off what it takes and I have to give it to God. Like I can't sleep and go, I got a $22 million budget. I got killed during COVID. I still haven't made up that money. You, you, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't just give it. So I, I literally start every morning and end every day with, with gratitude. And I do feel like that helps to fuel me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That helps give me that fuel that I need to keep going and to wake up and produce every day and try to produce every day. But I, I love that, um, that, you know, one out of 10 days, you're at your maximum capacity where you're going to get it all done. And then you're all, you got those low days because we all have that. We all have that. And we got to do the best we can to fight through it. I, I think I think the gratitude is so important. And, and Nancy, if we go back to something you said a few minutes ago, when 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 you were on Everybody Pulls the Tarp and we were really unpacking your story, it it, it helped you kind of inventory all of these things that maybe you hadn't even been thinking about that you had accomplished or these little things that you were done that, that, that you had done that just over a, a fast paced couple of weeks or a couple of months just kind of get lost in the shuffle. Totally. And I think that's an exercise that everybody should go through, whether you're being interviewed or not. Take a pause. And, and maybe this, Franco, to your point about when you wake up and you're just not feeling it. 
just reflect on mm-hmm. you know some of the things you look at your calendar look at some of your text messages look at some of the things that you've been involved in the last two weeks there are tart pulling moments and just these <laughs> little sparks of joy everywhere everywhere yep. i guarantee you they're there mm-hmm. you just need to you just need to talk about them i remember take the time to yeah to give yourself that time take and and it's amazing it's amazing if you just if you just took five minutes right and you thought about okay what what have i accomplished right. it, it there's there's always more than you give yourself credit for and you're always doing more than you give yourself credit for i remember interviewing a um a, a college volleyball coach she's one of the best college volleyball coaches in in all of america and we actually got done recording and she said something to me after she said you know andrew i've been sitting here talking to you and i just realized something i said what she said for most of for basically all my career when our team bus pulls up to a hotel for the team to stay at i kind of get off the bus first and i start unloading all the luggage and i just never thought about that that's just how i'm wired but I said, you know what? Her name is Mary Wise. She's the head coach uh, for the University of Florida volleyball team. She's won like a million SEC Coach of the Year awards. Awesome. I said, Mary, you you may not have realized it or noticed it, but I guarantee you, your players and your staff did. And they said, if if she's this accomplished and she's still doing this, then I can only imagine the extra effort that they're bringing to practice, to film study, to their academics, to to follow the lead that you're that you're modeling. And I just think it's a point that it's important to have these conversations and it's, it's important for all of us individually to step back and reflect on all the things that we do that make a difference because we forget in the speed of life. In the speed you of life, it. yeah, 100%. And I think with that too, it just kind of sets that precedent for all the people that you're surrounding yourself with that like, like with Mary West, that no one is above something or below something. I think the fact that everyone can see you there being like, okay, well, that could be a job done by anyone, any intern on this team, anyone just clearing off the luggage. It shows that in everything that you do, you need to go above and beyond. And it just, you know, kind of sets that standard for everyone that no one is above someone else. And I think that's really what causes a lot of issues when it comes to, you know, productivity or like for anything within sports, within business, within anything. If there's not that one person willing to go above, do that extra mile and and show that they're a team player, which I think is a huge part of everybody pulls the target is teamwork, then it's it's not going to work. And that that system's just not going to flow as properly as if it would if everyone involved would actually be, you know, pulling their weight equally. Yeah. I fundamentally believe there's just no job or task that's that's below or above anybody. I mm-hmm. mean, there's there's countless stories and we've uncovered countless of these stories on the on the podcast now. I, I think we're over 130 episodes and in every single one you, you just see that that mindset that there's nothing there's nothing beneath there's nothing beneath me there's there are CEOs that make photocopies there are head coaches with great accomplishments that unload luggage and there are people that that uh, you know unload trucks at warehouses it, it, it just it, it that is the, that is one of the fundamental drivers of success is a mindset that there is nothing there's nothing there's no task below me but there's also there's no task above me people can reach and 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 take opportunities and that's where you grow too Oh, you have a question, Gigi? question, Gigi? It's right here. Question down over here. Sorry. What, what okay. questions you got? Um, hmm. I don't want to. Whatever you want. What team do you like watching football? That is the easiest question you guys are going to ask me all day. <laughs> I am a Penn State football nut when it comes to, to college football. Oh. That's where uh, my wife and I both went. Uh, oh, that's cool. where we both went to college. <laughs> that's where we met. And um, we, we love Penn State. I think... I love watching the football team, but it, it kind of ties back 
it, it it's more deeply personal to me than just a football team. And I think it kind of gets back to everything that I, I'm passionate about. One of the things I love about Penn State is that Penn State football um, really represents the community in a in a in a positive way. Um, the, you know, the, there's there's a lead by example mentality uh, with Penn State football. Uh, it's a community. It, it's 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 a it's a fantastic network. And I think that's one of the things. It's not just about the football. The football is fun, but I love what Penn State and Penn State football stand for. They do this. They do this thing um, at the beginning of every semester where they have the the head coach James Franklin has the players sit in the front row, uh, get to class ten minutes, their first class of the semester ten minutes early, and sit in the first row. And they they post pictures to social media and they tag the coach and they say ten minutes early in front row, coach. And and that's kind of how they. That's that's like a mentality that they that wow. they kind of take yeah. throughout. So I love I love Penn State, but I have had the good fortune of interviewing so many college uh, college coach you know college coaches from a lot of different places, and I have such an appreciation for what any college coach in any sport does for a living. Because I think before I started asking college coaches about their careers and digging into their success. I really thought 99% of it was like X's and O's, like, Mm -hmm. like the sports. It's not, it, it, it's such a little piece of it. It's, um, it's, it's all about so much more, you know, they, they are, they are leaders. They are nurturing young men and women to the next phase of their life. They're trying to build better communication, develop people of integrity. And I, I just love college sports for that. But if I had to pick a team, my team, 1000% are my Penn state Nittany Lions, Gigi. There it goes. That's I, it. My favorite it's my favorite football team is Bears. Chicago well, that's Bears. that's professional. That's professional. Team. Yes. You asked a college team. Oh, so a college team. Who I like U of I. You like U of I? <laughs> there you go. I wonder <laughs> the why. The I. Yep, because her sister yes. goes there. You Penn know. State's a little bit better than U of I, but that's okay. <laughs> Nittany <laughs> Lions beat up on them a lot. You guys beat us once in a while, so it's okay. Give yourself a little credit. So I, I just had a quick I just wanted to kind of revisit, um, you know, the start of your career and, and kind of just learning that whole metaphor of everybody pulls the tarp when you were working with that minor league team. Um, so after you finished up that internship um, and, and kind of learning that everybody pulls the tarp mentality and that mantra, what was uh, your direction after that? Did you want to continue with sports or like how did you end up in then going into the consulting world? I know it's you know probably quite the journey to get to where you are now, but I would love to hear some more uh, background. It's a, it's a great question. Um, so I, I, I real I mean as I talked about, I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed that in, that internship and I, I, I just really stepped I really stepped back at the time and I said, I, I want to start my career with, with, a, with a foundation in business that 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 has a lot of versatility and at the time in the the economy it it was uh you know it was kind of the 2005 six seven era um the economy was 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 struggling um and i I, a lot of mentors said to me you know hey if you if you get an accounting major and you get a cpa license and you kind of learn accounting you can do a lot of different things over the course of your career with that. It's it's kind of the fundamental backbone of any business, right? You know, revenue and expenses and balance sheets and things like that. So so I I pursued that and I I um I started my career with one of the biggest accounting firms in the in the world, and it was a really cool learning experience. I, I knew pretty quickly it wasn't for me. You know, it, it just it, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and then as I as I say now. I kind of got a 
get out of jail free card. I, I actually, 14, 15 months in, I got laid off um, during kind of the economic turn of that, that economic, some of those economic challenges. And at the t in reflection now, it was one of the best days of my career because it, it enabled me to pivot to this consulting world that mm -hmm. um, that I'm in now. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm still at the, the same job that I'm that I'm at when I left um, my first job after oh, that layoff awesome. uh, with this firm, Morgan Franklin Consulting, based here in the greater Washington, D.C. area, but with offices all over the, the country. But at the time, it was really rattling and it was really concerning because here's a job that you're recruited for. And that, you know, they come to college campus and they they tell you, like, you're the coolest thing and the smartest thing. And and then one day you're just an, an employee ID number that mm -hmm. they cut in a sweeping layoff. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment uh, as long as I live, because I kind of came out of that with this this mindset that I was going to make myself unlayoffable in the future. I don't even know if that's a word, but, but, but I was going to do. I was going to do all these things, and I thought back to okay, I'm, I've I've got to just hold a tarp in all kinds of new ways and do all kinds of new things that that I am not a number, that I'm right. not just some employee number. This 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 and this yeah. that can be a casualty in an economic downturn. And I've been I've had the great fortune of of you know just about 14 years ago now linking up with Morgan Franklin, and. Joining Morgan Franklin and and the first four and a half years, I worked pretty pretty much in kind of that accounting lane. I I wasn't doing kind of the same things I was doing at KPMG at, at KPMG, the the global firm that I started my career at. But I um, I was managing projects. I was really in the weeds. And a, f a few years in, I I kind of said to myself, you know, I'm not. I love this firm and I love the culture and I love where we're headed but I'm not sure I love the work I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I kind of raised my hand and, you know, I was fortunate one that I raised my hand, but I was, I was equally fortunate that the organization said, okay, Andrew, what do you want to do? We actually think that there are some opportunities over here for you in a new corporate role that would really fit your skill sets and your passions really well. So can we do that? And I said, let me give it a try. And I tried it and I, it was incredibly challenging, but also really rewarding. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of kept adapting and, my role has shifted and evolved a few times, you know, over the, the, the rest of the 14 years. But at every every turn, I I just feel like I was challenged and had the ability to grow and develop and had an organization that was that, that's been willing to, to bet on me. And um, and that's and that's been that's been really, really neat. Um, so, so so that's that's kind of that journey. And one that I'm very much still on, and, and and our company continues to grow leaps and bounds every single year. And we were we were purchased uh, in in 2019 by a private equity firm and another company called Vaco, who's got offices all over the world. So now we've got even more horsepower and more opportunity, and it's been really it's been really a lot of a lot of fun. Um, but I think like, to, to I I still say you know it's every day is a new opportunity. And you can you can kind of create worlds for yourself within mm -hmm. worlds like you don't have to every I don't believe everything is like yes or no or black or white. It's OK. I really love this company, but I don't necessarily believe that what I'm doing is exactly what I want to be doing on a day to day basis. So you evolve that. And that's Franco. I think, you know, if I really had to distill it down over the 14 years, that's how I got from, you know, where where I was to where I am today. Yeah. You said in the beginning. So early on in your career that you talked to your mentors, 
who were those mentors? Like, where did you find them? I'm, I'm just always curious about mentors. I think it, it's such an important piece. I have my mentors too. And um, I'm just curious where you, you, it sounds like you had them pretty early on and who they were. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been really fortunate to have some good mentors. And I think, I think mentorship and I, and I, and I recognize that a lot of people aren't as fortunate to, to have, you know, good mentors around them all the time. But I do think it's a two way street. I think you, you get better mentorship when you're a really good, engaged mentee. And I think 100% when you're open to it. So many people, I think, aren't open to that. A hundred percent. I, and I, so, so it started for, with me being open to it and, I always prided myself on being coachable, you know, totally. being somebody who was open to to feedback. But I have I have to be honest, gotten the best mentorship from people that I kind of got engaged with in in stuff that we were mutual, mutually passionate about. So in college, um, I started a uh, I started a, a nonprofit event for what's now Autism Speaks. It was a smaller organization at the time, but. Uh, junior year of college, my a, a, a fellow student and I, we got together, and we we organized a five k walk, uh, a five k race, three k walk for, um, it was called Cure Autism Now at the time. We raised ninety one thousand dollars the first year. That's awesome. And through that process, I I I met a couple. I met a couple of. I, I developed relationships with a couple of folks that have been really really, um, significant mentors for me to this day, and. Again, I think it's an example of when you engage in something in a meaningful way and don't just sign up for stuff and and kind of passively participate. When you engage, you meet people that are have similar passions and similar energy and they see you in action and they see your potential and then that's where mentorship at least for me mm-hmm. has 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 happened. You know, it, it's the it's the same it's it was the same thing a few years later when when I um I was asked by Penn State to help organize a networking group for um, Penn State Business School alumni in the greater Washington, D.C. area. As I got involved in that process and volunteered to lead it, I started to meet new folks that have, to this day, been mentors and big supporters. And it's the same thing professionally at Morgan Franklin. I've got the good fortune of having a tremendous relationship with our founders and you know, our, uh, a, a variety of, of, of different members of our, our leadership team. And again, I think the common denominator for me has always been, to just get back to your question, Nancy, is the common denominator for me is I have uncovered mentors and great mentorship possibilities when I'm engaged in things that I'm passionate about and, and working hard. Yeah. And, and you, you, you show people what you're capable of and, and they see a good, a good, a good mentor sees, sees that as potential yeah. and also sees you as willing to do your part. Totally. And I think you have to be vulnerable and open yourself up to that. Let them know what, you know, what your fears are. Ask for help. Getting, being coached, I think, was, was the main thing that you talked about. And yeah. I see so many opportunities for so many amazing people. That, and, and I don't know if people don't look at it as like, I don't need a mentor. I'm doing great. Because there's so many different places. You could, whether it's your personal life. Like, my mentors help me in every aspect of my life. It's not just in business. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and, and totally. in decision making, whether it's family, whether it's business, whether it's, you know, personal, whatever it is, um, I'm, I'm vulnerable to them and they know, you know, when I need help and they help me. That's that's you, you hit on something there, Nancy, that that I am like so passionate about and it doesn't work for everybody. But I I talk about this concept of work life integration and 
I, I think that, you know, look, look, we need balance. Every, you know, everybody needs balance, right? Then, and I know work-life balance is probably like the hotter topic if you talk about these concepts. I have always been passionate and, and believed in work-life integration. And I think that means that you've kind of got this overlap and this bleed between your quote-unquote professional life and your personal life and your, your health and fitness life and all these different things. Because when you're, when you're kind of meshing them all together, it actually serves in, in a good way it serves kind of all of those, those things. And I think it's the same thing with mentorship. I think a really good mentor sees you kind of multidimensionally and can help you figure out kind of everything. I, I remember sitting in my office one day, uh, you know, a good amount of years ago, and, and my career was starting to really, really accelerate in terms of the responsibility and the leadership, the leadership activities that I had and things like that. And I remember I was just, kind of sitting at my desk in this daze, maybe I had my hand, like, but I just didn't look myself. And, and a mentor of mine who, who I had worked with was an advisor for, for the business. He came in and he said, what's wrong, Andrew? And I said, I used to feel like every day I just made people happy. Like I was always, I was always able to get everything done and, you know, answer every email and solve every problem that someone put in front of me. And now I feel like I, I walk to my car at the end of the day and I've worked my face off, but I've solved like two of the things that people need me to do out of 50. And I feel like I've made so many people unhappy and I've left so many people not, not getting what they need. And without even a pause, he hands out his, his, um, his, his hand. He puts out his hand and he says, he shakes my hand. And he says, welcome to a successful career. And, 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 and what he went on to say was that as you grow your career and your responsibility and you get involved in really hard, engaging, challenging things, you're never going to please everybody. You're never, you're never going to feel like the job is done. You're always going to feel like you could have done more. You could always feel like there's something on the table and there's always going to be this kind of level of unsatisfaction that lives inside you. And that's going to drive you. And, 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 and I, I look at the three of you and I've got to believe that there's, that there's a lot of that in, in you all as well. 100%. the office every day. Oh, there's like, many oh times you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. I mean, like, I really think that that's what it is. It's that driving force, just knowing that like, I need to get this done. I need to get that done. I need to get this. And I think that's when you're having that everyone pulls the tarp mentality. I think that that just adds that extra pressure even more because like you want to be able to help wherever you can also. So you'll jump into different lanes too, being like, all right, like where do you need help here? So then maybe some things might fall off to the wayside that you might've had planned before, but at least you're helping progress things, right. whether it's something that's your core responsibility or jumping into another thing to help as well. I know that happens a lot here as we definitely know, but I would assume that happens everywhere where that mentality is the same where that where you're you know everyone's all on board and then they're willing to step in so that's just hilarious just yeah welcome to a successful welcome career to a successful career <laughs> i love that so true well when you were saying it was like that does happen all i mean it it is that's, something and it's something i again um that that mind shift and that you know that gratitude has to come in at that point be grateful what you did get done that day and know that there's tomorrow and you're going to do so much more and that every little step you know that's what we talk about the Gigi's ripple effect is those those little things that you keep doing you know they get out there and change the world i mean look at how many how many episodes have you shot 
How many, how many podcasts? Over, 100, over 130. Which is amazing. That's amazing. And those stories and the inspiration and what that brings to people and what you bring to people, you know, so you'll feel like, oh, I didn't get much done. And you don't even realize that, you know what, somewhere, somewhere in this world, at that moment, someone's listening to your podcast and being picked up. So a lot of times we don't even know the changes that we're making in the world in that moment because you can't be everywhere and you don't know what's happening. But just always know that you are making a difference. As long as you're out there, you're putting yourself out there and you're trying every single day, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. It, it, it's, it's, so, it's so true, Nancy. And the, I, I find that it's, it's, the, it's the little moments when I least expect it, when I'll get a message from somebody that listens to an episode. Yes. That fuels, and, and they'll say, like, it helped me think through this or helped me think through that. That one little message will fuel me for months. Totally. And I get that with it, your, it, when you send me those emails, you get me well, every I'm, time. I'm, I don't know what it is. I get a million emails. I don't know what it is that you get me every single time. You captivate me and then you get me thinking. And it's, it's awesome. I love, I, I love the way you're doing what you're doing and just know you're making a difference even when you're not on and you're not live those things continue to spread because that's the world we live in now. It's the compounding effect, I think, of putting things out into the universe and positive the ripple. Things. You talked about the you positively, and you talked about the effect that Gigi's Playhouse is having and the ripple effect it's having on on people. And I, I just think of I just think of you know all the the the, the kids that you're that you're positively affecting and the parents. Uh, of those kids that you're positively in, in, impacting and the stress that you're relieving for them and the opportunity that you're giving them. And then I just think about not only are the opportunities that you're creating for those families that you interact with, but what about the people that are interacting with the families that you're interacting with? Think about because you've, because you've created this environment where they can feel safe and at home and, and have, and have kind of everything, everything, you know, there for them, they can know, they can know, now go out into the world and do really good things in their community because you've relieved a um you you've relieved some level of stress maybe they they wouldn't be able to get this programming somewhere but but Gigi's Playhouse is here for me with this programming like it, it it's the ripple effect is 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 really powerful it is really powerful and it's everybody pulls the tarp i mean you know when you look at these locations and we're celebrating our 20th year anniversary and it just i, I can't even talk about it cuz i get so overwhelmed with just pure gratitude. I mean, these are volunteers who choose to give up their lives for a long amount of time to open a playhouse in their community to serve their community with free programs. You know, and the playhouse doesn't just serve that individual with Down syndrome. It serves their entire community. People walk in there and change. They become advocates. They become empowered. Their own lives change because we know when you help others and you inspire others that they become better. And it, it's amazing to watch a volunteer who comes in here and just, you know, comes in here and just says, oh, you know, maybe they just, I've just got free time. I don't have, you know, all my kids are gone or whatever. You know, some are doing community service, you know, whatever it is they need. And they kind of walk in here like, I don't, I don't really have any skills. I don't do much. You don't do much. Like, and then when you unpack where they've been in their lives and what they've done, and they turn into these incredible volunteers that are changing lives every day that they didn't, they knew maybe at one time in their life it was there, but they forgot and they lost it. And we get to bring that out. So I just, it's just such an incredible gift to be at this 20 year mark and that ripple, that ripple effect, seeing where it's taken people and, and seeing how it's taken people in every different community where there's a Gigi's and, and have them 
fulfill their dreams of, of, of becoming a leader. I mean, the, and these are people that didn't think they were leaders. They were teachers and grandparents. The, the, you know, Gigi's founders are from all different walks of life. So it's really amazing to see what, what it does. And again, like you said, like when you sit back and look at it, it's like, what? It's crazy. That's when I, I get- actually start to identify it then. Totally. And then mm-hmm. I get so much gratitude that I just get totally overwhelmed with emotion. I don't even know where to start. I'm thankful. You know, I'm thanking people. And this, you know, we're doing a gratitude tour this year. I, I, and it's like, do we do it in person? Do we do it in a pot? There's two, there's hundreds of thousands of people to thank. Mm-hmm. Millions of people. And it's just, it's such a gift. But I think that's why that whole gratitude piece for me um, just helps to inspire. I know, Gigi, I'm sorry. She keeps pointing that she has questions. Sorry. Andrew is all yours. What does teamwork mean to you? It's a it's a it's a great question, Gigi. What what does teamwork mean to me? I I think teamwork is really all about about giving of yourself to for a, a greater good, right? I mean it, it 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 there's there's a place for all of us to succeed individually, and I think that the path to all of us succeeding individually is most often through working with others to do something really cool and. I think that I think that's one of the coolest things about teamwork is that n- n- not one of us has all the answers and not one of us has all the skill sets necessary to have you know as much success as we could if we were if we were if we weren't working together. And yeah. I think that's that's what teamwork's about to me. Your horizons to be a little bit more expanded so you totally. can actually see a greater perspective. How many kids do you have? I have two daughters. Aww. My my oldest is 7. And my youngest uh, will be will be five shortly, but uh, we have we have so much fun, and uh, it's uh, it's 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 for me it's it's really cool to see them enjoying all the things that that they're taking on now. You know, COVID really created some challenges. You know, for uh, for for all little kids, for everybody, but little kids, you know, didn't get to experience much during COVID. I'm having so much fun <laughs> watching them experience more now than they necessarily got to experience yeah. during the. Well, the heart of COVID. I'm sure they're loving it too. Yeah, especially your five-year-old. I mean, they, she was just a little toddler when everything shut down. Yeah, I think somebody brought up to the point to me the other day that, that the COVID era has kind of been part of more than 50% wow. of her life. Yeah, Isn't that crazy. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, she's getting to experience a lot of different things that um, her friends, you know, or her, her group of friends are going through kind of their first round of birthday parties, you know, oh. since. Uh, wow. Since yeah, COVID, you think is, about that. Is, All that didn't happen. Yeah. My, my little one didn't by. have, she had, she had a birthday party when she was two. Um, and then COVID hit and we haven't had like a traditional in-person birthday since. And, and she'll have one here in, in uh, a little bit Aww. and uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be really fun. It'll be amazing. Awesome. She's going to love it. You got another one, Gigi? Right here. Oh, you got one. Okay. If, if you had one message to give to the world, what will it be? My one message to the world would be to be a net giver. To, to give more than you receive, because I think when you give, it it serves others. And at the end of the day, what you'll realize is the, the more you – when you give, you, you get a lot back in return mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. And you get enough to fill your bucket. So I always start with giving. How can I give you know, more than I receive? And then you kind of receive enough. I love that. And, and I That's love it. still when you were talking about filling up your tank and the fuel, how you wake <laughs> up every morning. That is how you fill your tank with gratitude. It really is. That is how you do it because it's it's a feel-good for you. It's a feel-good for that other person, and that really helps to fill your tank. So, all right, I'm going to get back to – so as you know, this is – our podcast is called A Little Something Extra. 
What do you think is your little something extra that is allowing you or that motivates you to want to change the world, to want to see the good in people and to share it? I, I think the little something extra for me is, is, is the ability to connect kind of ideas and people. I've always been, it's something, it's something that I have always felt has been a little bit innate to me that it's a skill that I have, but it's also something that I've worked deeply on. I, you know, it, I will, will constantly try and connect different ideas, thoughts, information, and people in my life from all these different circles and herds that I travel within to, to ultimately add value and help others. And I think I've been really good throughout my life, personally and professionally, at connecting those dots. And that's something that I think has served me really, really well. I love that you're that kind of connector because I know a lot of people mm -hmm. that are like connectors, like, and it's mostly they're just making that intro for something for themselves and then it's they're out. It's all about personal gain. Yeah. Like being a master gain. networker so yes. you can constantly be able to, you know, but, find that next route through someone. Totally. <laughs> but yours is connector to help others. So I really love that. I love, and you know, I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans, brother. Mm -hmm. You know that. Well, it, it, uh, well, thank you. And it goes the same way. I'm, I'm as big of a fan. You know, I'm such a big fan of, of, of you all and, and what you're, and what you're doing. I think it, when you think about, we, we all, we all have more to give than we think. Right. And we can all connect more dots than we think. It, it's just, it's just about how do you approach every situation? I, I like to read a lot, but I don't have a lot of time to read. So I say to myself, how do I, how do I kind of like supercharge the time that I spend reading? Well, when I read, I'll, I'll, I'll take notes and I'll highlight stuff and I'll make notes in the margins and different things. And then when I'm done with it, I'll either write like a recap and I'll send it out to some people who might be interested or, you know, I, sometimes I'll put it in my newsletter that you talked about, Nancy, I'll, I'll kind of put like, Hey, here are some ideas from the, from this thing I read or this documentary I watched or something. Other times I'll just text a bunch of people and say, Hey, you don't have to watch it. It's three hours, but I'll tell you like, these are, these are five or six really good things you want to, it's when you, all of us go through life kind of experiencing things and collecting information and having conversations. If you're, if you're kind of stepping back and thinking about all those interactions as an opportunity to kind of filter that back to others, it can be really powerful. And like this 10 X effect, this 10 X effect on your time, because now you're doing one thing, but you're helping like 50 people. Which is huge. It's just so amazing that you think that way. I, I love that, that you think that way and you could feel it and that you're real. Where did you like, I mean, or when maybe did you get this, this thought leader type of mentality? And, and wanting to be able to, you know, kind of amplify the different things that you've learned and the different things that you've seen to others in order to be able to grow their perspectives and, and opportunity. I think, honestly, if I'm, if I'm honest with myself, it started when I realized that, like, I, I wasn't, like, the best at anything, but, and I wasn't the <laughs> smartest, and I wasn't the most athletic, and I wasn't the best at anything, but I, but I felt like one of my, one of my skills that I could be really good at was connecting was connecting stuff and being really thoughtful and, and methodical. And, and I, I think that's where it kind of began for me. I, I think it, it, it kind of spawned from this, this recognition that I wasn't going to be the best at any one little thing, but I could really be one of the best at connecting dots. If that makes sense. That's mm. awesome. Yeah, it is really awesome. I just feel like so many people don't necessarily like know what, 
direction they might want to take and the fact that you were able to identify that and then be able to bring such a positive swing to be able to deliver that to so many other people as well is is, is really amazing well don't assume i've got it all don't assume i've all i've got it all figured out I've yeah. got, you got you got you got a couple things, things figured out there yeah but sure. what you're Maybe. doing is you're spreading your message is just positivity i mean like you do have that part figured out and you share that message and and you amplify that message every opportunity you get so you that's a big thing you know so many people spread negativity or spread other like that positive energy to me is everything and that's mm-hmm. why I, when i see your emails i feel it i feel what you're trying to it tell resonates. me i feel mm-hmm. that yeah inspiration i feel like i know that there's going to be something in here like i will take the time to read that because I know, first of all, it's going to be thought-provoking. I know that, as you said, you researched it and made it as concise as possible. And that's what I appreciate that. Because, again, like you said, you know, you don't have time to do all that reading. But it's wonderful to be able to get the cliff notes on all that awesome messaging. I'm, posit- I'm a positive person. But I think one of the things that I've had to learn is I- I'm really passionate about like this, this avoiding this concept of like this toxic positivity that people talk about. Right. And I think social media has contributed to a lot of that where everybody looks at social media and everybody's showing off their life in the best possible lighting and circumstance and, 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 and situation. One of the things that I like to look at positivity through like reality. And that's why I'm super intentional also about bringing a positive look, like a positive lens on everything, but also being real and saying, like this situation is really hard or this person battled so much adversity to get there. And, uh, you know, I, I've talked to so many Olympians who like have, who, who's like one wish would be that people realize that it's so much more than like the three minute, the three minutes that they, that they skated the gold medal or the, the swim or the jump. And, and I'm so passionate about that too, because it is hard and it is, it, you know, it's, Positivity, in my mind, as I would define it, would be just taking the best possible outlook on every situation. It doesn't mean that your life is just easy and there's no road bumps. All of us have all kinds of stuff that is coming our way rapid fire. And one of my, one of my dear friends and, men, and mentors uh, talks about this concept of replacing the word have with the word get. So I have to go to work today. I get to go to work today. I, oh my goodness, there's no parking spot. So I have to walk so far. I get to walk so far. That is, again, that's a way of, that to me is positivity. It's taking something and it's, it's, it's looking, it's seeing the opportunity in every situation as opposed to assuming that every situation is going to be perfect because it's not. I love, I, like that. I, I love just the, the part about just toxic positivity too because I feel like that is such a thing that so many people don't realize is negatively affecting the world right now and the way that so many people see like oh like they're just so happy right now or like they are so successful like and, got and people everything. have like this sort of resentment against some of the positivity people see because they think that they're just receiving that without necessarily like the hard work like you said they only see that three minutes uh for an olympian of, of fame and, and just achievement when you got to think about like all the time and effort and dedication that they put into that craft that might not necessarily have had those positive mindsets going into those moments but then after that that's where that that reward comes from the positivity from the amount of effort and and time that you put into something to to achieve those goals and and yeah just being able to reflect and, and being able to spread that level of 
of positive positivity, I think, is really yeah. the most important thing of really just showing that you have to succeed and you need to be able to go through these goals and have that get rather than have mindset in order to uh, I love in order to appreciate everything that you have. have with get because I'm with that 100%. And that's pure gratitude, too. When you look at that, be grateful that you can walk. Be grateful that you get that you have a job, you know. So when you look at that, I, I love that have and get. I'm gonna definitely be using that one. And I know Jeej wants to get to her tips, but I did have one other question. Um, so I was listening in preparing uh, to do an episode with you. I went back and listened to a couple of your podcast episodes, and one that I really liked was with uh, Richard Davis, the president and CEO of Make a Wish, which is. He's an awesome, awesome guy and just a great guest to have. And one of the quotes that really stuck out to me, he said, he goes, you don't want to set a goal in life. You want to set a direction uh, because you don't want to limit yourself on what you can achieve. And I really just, I thought that resonated really well because I know that like we're big goal setters here at Gigi's, but honestly, we're, we're way bigger at setting a direction okay. and what we want to achieve with the world. So a question I had for you is what is the direction that you've set for yourself, both for your career and your career aspirations, and then also for uh, your audience and the direction you want to see them go? That was a great conversation with, with Richard. And when I think about this concept of the goals and the direction, goals, goals we, we have a tendency probably as human beings to make these goals like very narrow and then there is a place for goals like i think i think goals are very important kind of on a short-term basis but this concept of the direction that he's talking about is 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 giving yourself the space to kind of not get everything right and 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 know exactly all the steps that are going to take you from point a to point b but you know you've got to get to point b and that's why mm -hmm. i think it's it's powerful for me my direction is put positive stuff out in the world and good things and good things will good things will happen, and and I, I want to you know through the through the podcast I want to uh, influence as many people as I as I possibly can and get these messages out and as far and wide as we can. And there's a zillion different ways that you know you can do that, and you can get all tangled up in in um you know do I use this system or that system or do I interview this guest or that guest? And I think it's about to to really live that principle that Richard's talking about. It's giving yourself the space to kind of try a bunch of different things with, mm -hmm. with this periodic check-in that am I, am, is this, is this advancing my mission towards from point A to point B? And, and, and it's the same in the, in the, in the work I do helping clients at, at Morgan Franklin. It's, it's, you know, how, how do I add value? How do I make their lives easier? You know, can I honestly look at, look at myself at the end of a year and say, did I help a bunch of different companies and a bunch of different leadership teams get peace of mind and get those types of things are what are what kind of fuel you. And then the, the day to day stuff, you kind of have to figure out. Yeah. I mean, it's a great direction, honestly, take. I think that that's a direction that everyone in, in this world should be taking. I think it would make this plate this world a lot, uh, you know, more wholesome if everyone wanted to, you know, <laughs> bring positivity to the world um, and then also, um, push others to do the same. So that that's really awesome. I love that. I just I just love what he said that I was like that's such a great concept because I think that's what most people that are trying to change the world are doing. They're they're not just setting a goal that they're going to change the world. They're setting a direction that they're going to change it in. Yeah. If you read one book, if you read one book the next year, I would say read Atomic Habits by James Clear. <laughs> he does a fantastic job talking about the compounding effect of doing like a lot of little things over like a, a long period of, of time and making these 1% little improvements and how they compound to, to move you in a direction. 
and mm. and uh, it's a really neat it's a really neat book, quick read, awesome. and uh, I recommend it to a lot of a lot of people. I'm definitely going to check it out. Atomic Habits. Yeah, well, and that reminds it. me, like here we have something called Best of All. So at Gigi's, you know, we do everything on purposeful progressions. We don't work on developmental milestones. You don't move up like this. We do it. You start one place. You take one more step. You read one more word. You do one more push up. You you have eye contact, you know, depending, I mean, everybody has a different place where they need to grow here. So it's, you have eye contact for one second more, you know, whatever that is. And over time, that growth is amazing. And and that's, I mean, that that is, I think that people need to, you know, not think, well, he's never going to do that. You can't do that. Or I can't do these things. Take the little steps, take the baby steps and appreciate them. Look at them and, and be happy that you, you know, that for that one second more, he sat for, you know, he sat through a tutoring session for 17 minutes as opposed to it was 15 last week. You know, whatever it is, take those little wins and celebrate those wins. Because when you celebrate those wins, and that's what our best of all philosophy is, when you, every, you know, everything is um, measured and it's celebrated so that you want to do more. Our kids want to do more. So every day we try to do a little bit better than we did the day before. So I'm interested. I want to read that. All right, so every episode, <laughs> we do, Gigi has her tips, um, and she tries to relate it to the person that we're with. So let's go, Gigi. Were you going to do some tips? Yes. Wait, do you say tips? I did say tips. Tips! Singing <laughs> it for you, brother. All right. Here are my tips on working as a team. All right. Never be afraid to ask for, for help. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yes, it does. Get to get another people's opinions. It helps you not miss something. Very true. Get to know each other. It builds trust. Nice. Four. Celebrate your different being. Different is valuable. Celebrate your differences. Being different is valuable. Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Five, always be learning from others. We learn from everyone. Yes, we do. Nice tips, Jeej. Those are your tips. Tips! Begins and ends with tips. Sorry. Well, this was so awesome. Andrew, I'm so glad we finally got this done. Aren't you, Jeej? Yes. Yes. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. Yeah, I could talk to him all day. I'm telling you, when you, when, I'm t- when you see his stuff come through, you're going to open it, even through all the other junk and everything that comes through. I don't know what it is, Andrew. And I'm always like, hey, brother. Like, I always try to send something back really because it, it really makes me feel good, and it does make me pause. So I really appreciate the, that that thoughtfulness and, and the work that you do. So on those days that you think no one's listening, people are listening, or the, that you're thinking you're not accomplishing, you are accomplishing every day, brother. And I appreciate it. I appreciate that push up that I get from your, your newsletter. And I just thank you for being you, brother, brother, the tarp puller. Well, thank you all for being tarp pullers and, and most importantly for your, your friendship. You, it, I, I love watching what you all do and – I, I, it's been so much fun just uh, having this conversation, but having so many other conversations along the way the past few years as well. And I, I just, mm-hmm. I just think you're just getting started. I think you're just getting started. That's right, Playhouse. I, I, this is this is chapter one. I can't wait to see where, where this all goes. Uh, me too. And I will see you at our Annapolis location next time we're there. We will reach out for sure. With me, I Jeej. can't wait. Yes, that will be amazing. All right, thank you, yes, brother. Thank you so much, Andrew, Thanks, for joining Andrew. us. This was awesome. Thank Jeej. you, guys. Everybody is born with a little something extra. 
and sometimes they just have to find it. A little something extra is that superpower that every single one of us has inside that motivates us and drives our passion and, and makes us do the things that we do. We're all on the same team. Let's think about how we can make that team as inclusive as we can. those of you listening to our podcast right now, you can also check out our video podcast at a little something extra podcast.org.